the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Thursday, December the 5th, 2019, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1791. That was before I was born. I don't know about you, but today in 1791, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, the great composer, was born in Vienna, Austria. He passed away today at age 35. 1791-1848, President James Polk triggered the gold rush of 49 by confirming that gold had indeed been discovered in California, Sutter's Mill. Today in 1901, Walt Disney was born in Chicago. Today in 1932, German physicist Albert Einstein, he was granted a visa, making it possible for him to travel to the United States. Today, in 1933, national prohibition came to an end. Utah became the 36th state to ratify the 21st Amendment to the Constitution, which repealed the 18th Amendment. Today, in 1945, five U.S. Navy uh, torpedo bombers mysteriously disappeared. They took off from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, on a training mission. They just disappeared. All 14 crew members were lost. That became known as the Lost Squadron, and that contributed to this growing legend, still talked about, books are still written about it, the Bermuda Triangle. Today in 1952, the Great Smog of London descended on the British capital. The usually thick fog there also contained, in this case, toxic pollutants. It lasted five days, was blamed for causing thousands of deaths. And today, in 1994, Republicans chose Newt Gingrich to be the first GOP Speaker of the House in 40 years, four decades. Newt did a terrific job, as far as I'm concerned, and he was a um, great leader back in the day, Speaker of the House. Today, in 2003, the two makers of flu shots in the United States, they announced that they had run out of vaccine and would not be able to meet a surge in demand. Those flu shots are interesting things, aren't they? Every year they, I didn't know this until more recent years, but every year they kind of guess at what might be the strain of flu. And they, in advance, of course they have to you know, produce these things. And so in advance they sort of predict or guess or whatever at what the flu strain is going to be. So sometimes... They're very effective and sometimes not so much. But in 2003, I guess it didn't matter. They ran out. They didn't have any. Today in 2008, the Labor Department reported that an alarming half million jobs had vanished in November of 2008. Unemployment hit a 15-year high, 6.7%. Now, unemployment is 3.7%. And the economy is doing extremely well, by all accounts. 
Vice President Mike Pence got very upset yesterday. He's a fairly controlled man. He's a deeply committed evangelical Christian. But he said the the ongoing hearings, the impeachment hearings, have sunk to a new low. He mentioned Stanford law professor Pamela Carlin. I don't know if you've seen that. It's been on some of the news outlets. Some have not played it, but it's horrible. It's unbelievable. Here's a professor, Stanford law professor. I heard Laura Ingram last night just for a few minutes on her program. I, I, It happened to be on, and I walked through the room in our house, and I, I heard her saying that Pamela Carlin, Professor Pamela Carlin, was one of her teachers once, instructors. Well, she was one of the four uh, people that the Democrats chose to expound yesterday. I mentioned that on the program. It was happening as we were on the air yesterday. But during her tirade against President Trump, she did indeed, I agree with Vice President Pence, and I think most of us do. She later came back and gave a somewhat of an apology later in the day, but it wasn't much. I saw the apology. But she took a pot shot at President Donald Trump's youngest son, 13-year-old Baron Trump. Mike Pence was having none of it, and boy, he went off. He said the impeachment hearings today reached a new low. He was in Holland, Michigan. He told the reporters right after it happened. He said, I just heard at the hearing today one of the Democrat witnesses actually used the president and First Lady's 13-year-old son to justify their partisan impeachment. He says Democrats should be ashamed. He said, enough is enough. This sham impeachment should end, and Congress should get back to work on issues that are important to the American people. Well, I could not agree with that more, and I think a growing number, a growing majority of people in America agree with that. Carlin, she was one of the Democrat witnesses. She has a history of disparaging remarks, to say the least, against President Trump and his administration. But she, uh, I don't think she was prepared for the blowback. That's why she came back later in the day and kind of halfway apologized. She said she was wrong. She shouldn't have said that. She certainly believes what she said, but she probably politically was apologizing. What she said, she said, I'm quoting her, contrary to what President Trump has said, Article 2 does not give him the power to do anything he wants. And in fact, he hasn't said that, but this is what she's saying. It doesn't give him the power to do anything he wants. And I'll just give you one example that shows you the difference between him and a king, which is the Constitution says there can be no titles of nobility. So while the president can name his son Baron, he can't make him a Baron. Now, how does that fit into a serious impeachment process of the president of the United States? I could not agree with if If someone would have said something like that, about Barack Obama, that would have been as offensive to me as this is. i got to be honest with you. There's a point where our country is more important than these people's politics. And instead, it's going the other direction. It's getting worse, not better. They claim to love our country. They don't love our country. There's no sign of any kind of love of country. Representative Jay Appel, she's a Democrat from Washington State, She said yesterday on CNN, Democrats have got to save this country. Save the country? They've been talking for years about remaking America, not saving it. 
She told CNN yesterday, she said, patriotism is at stake. And if the Republicans won't step up, it will be up to the Democrats to save our country. (laughs) I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But regarding Chick-fil-A, it really bothers me. I got to tell you. It's not about the chicken sandwiches. I kind of like steak myself. I'll be be on, but they're good sandwiches. But it really bothers me. It's a truism that blackmailers are never satisfied. Once the payoffs start, there's no end to them. This matter with the Chick-fil-A is about, I think they're about to learn a very hard lesson. Many victims of blackmail and extortion generally do. You hear it on the news all the time. For conservatives and evangelical Christians, Chick-fil-A has been a it's been a model company. It's consistently stood against the anything goes kind of spirit of the age. It's founder the the late S. Truett Cathy, I've talked about him. He ordered that his restaurants be closed on Sundays when he started with one little restaurant. He said, We're gonna make this for the glory of God. He was a very committed Christian. He said, we'll be closed on Sunday so our employees can attend church and spend time with their families. But through the process of his building an empire, it's worth $9, $10 billion now, of sandwiches, chicken sandwiches, the LGBTQ activists learned that the company had donated to charities that supported the definition of marriage as between a man and a woman. And they did what they always do. They declared a boycott on the restaurants. At the same time, people like Mike Huckabee and other very visible people in America stepped up and said, fine, boycott Chick-fil-A. We're going to step up and help them. We're going to replace every lost customer. And he called, uh, Mike Huckabee called for a national Chick-fil-A day. I remembered, I talked about it on this program. I wrote about it, in fact, in our daily article, our column that we published. Their sales spiked. Because of the boycott. And they've never went back to the original level of sales. In other words, it created a new baseline for their overall sales of this already very successful company. But without any noticeable new pressure, Chick-fil-A announced the other day that it would no longer be donating to Christian charities like, of all people, the Salvation Army an organization that isn't known for political activism. My wife and I, we contribute to them every year. A company spokesman said that future donations would go to charities that support Chick-fil-A, would support education, homeless, and ending hunger. That's what Salvation Army does. That's why I personally contribute to them, and millions of other people, I'm sure, do as well. That's what they do. And if this wasn't enough... The restaurant chain also announced that it was sending a $2,500 donation to the Southern Poverty Law Center. They're a crazy organization with millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in bank accounts offshore. So now they announced that they're sending them, and in fact they have sent a donation to the Southern Poverty Law Center. I mean, I am astounded that this is happening, particularly with the Kathy family. This isn't a stock, a publicly held company. Chick-fil-A is privately held. Washington Times reported 
few years ago, back in 2012, that a gunman, Floyd Lee Corkins, shot the building manager, Leo Johnson, after storming the Family Research Council, Tony Perkins' operation in Washington, D.C. He was carrying 50 rounds of ammunition, and he was carrying a backpack. The news didn't report this widely, but he was carrying a backpack full of Chick-fil-A sandwiches. (laughs) The shooter later told the FBI that he found Family Research on the Southern Poverty Law Center's website as a anti-gay group. And that's why he was going there to kill everyone that he could. He later said, and it's been reported, that he was going to push the Chick-fil-A sandwiches in the faces of the people that he shot. Upon hearing Chick-fil-A's donation to the liberal organization, Tony Perkins responded the other day. He said, not only has Chick-fil-A abandoned donations to Christian groups, including the Salvation Army, it's donated to one of the most extreme anti-Christian groups in America. Tony said, Perkins said he called on all conservatives to seek a fast food alternative. And I'm sure they will. I'm not a big believer in boycotts. I generally don't advocate them here. I'm not opposed to them. I just know that generally they don't work. But I think this is something different. I know I don't have a taste. I'm, I'm not, I didn't make a personal decision just to boycott Chick-fil-A. But I'm just, I mean, their sandwiches are really good. But I can, I can live without them. And I don't have any desire to sit in line at a Chick-fil-A through the drive-thru or otherwise. It's just, I've just lost my appetite for that. But the thing that is, I mean, I, I don't want to hope for this, but I think I see it on the horizon. Appeasement doesn't work. When there's kind of a shooting war between enemies. It doesn't work in a culture war when the left takes no prisoners. Each time an inch is given by a conservative individual or a group, it merely whets the appetite of the secular progressives for more concessions. When conservative people stand on principle, their adversaries generally look for another, easier target. Why doesn't Chick-fil-A know that? These people are, they're a Christian family. Dan Cathy has taken over the company now, the son. He's always said he was a Christian. He's always said he believes in marriage is between a man and a woman. And now they've taken a left turn and they're going almost in opposite direction of the very principles that their company was built upon. What's gotten into them? I don't know. Well, I bet Truett Cathy, the dad, I didn't know him personally. I, I have friends that knew him personally. They all said he is what he is. Very committed. He believes what he believes. He stands on it. That's easy to understand. But I can't understand what these people are doing. I don't think they can recover w- within the evangelical community when people like like Huckabee and others have done so much for them. And now they're very... Huckabee said, I need to apologize to every Christian. I had no idea what I helped you know, not only cover for Chick-fil-A back in when they were boycotted, but he said, I helped build their business. And he said it never returned to the original sales figures. It always stayed above that, the average, the baseline. He said, I need to apologize. I had no idea they would take a turn like this. 
but they have. Kanye West, whatever you think of him, he's getting a lot of attention nowadays. He's a rapper. He's doing Christian videos. He's, he's having these big, massive turnouts. <clears throat> Some people are a little skeptical, much like they were of the Apostle Paul when he first got saved. I don't know about Kanye West. I don't know him, but I've been following what he's doing. What he's saying right now is good. But he had this new music video coming out last week, and he sells you know millions of copies. And the name of it was Jesus is King. The fourth track in the in the um, on this video was titled "Closed on Sunday," and it was um, was meant to be a tribute to Chick Fil A. The lyric in the uh, video it's a rap thing, but the 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 uh, lyric includes "Closed on Sunday, you're my Chick Fil A." Hold the selfies, put the gram away, get your family. You all hold hands and pray. When you got daughters, always keep them safe. He cut it out. He said, they have betrayed Christianity and all of us Christians. And he cut that out of his album. He's not going to uh, release the album with that cut, that tribute to Chick-fil-A. I think this is going to compound, and you're going to see more and more of this, not in a vindictive way, but I think other people, I don't know their feelings, but I know myself. I'm pretty, I mean... I see it all and we deal with it all in our ministry over the years and even now in on this radio program. I mean, there's folks that really don't like what I'm saying. I mean, they really don't like it. But I think you're going to see a real, just a turning away from these people. And I can't believe they've gone from what they were to a blind, staggering pilgrim out here on the edge of what they used to be. I, I cannot... I cannot grasp that. We'll see how the activists that attacked the restaurant chain come after West. We'll see how he responds to this because they'll turn on him. They always do. They turned on the Mormon church over marriage. The Mormon church adjusted their theology. I mean, it ha- you, there is no, they are so consistent. There's not a situation that happens that is not, that is not predictable. When the LGBTQ people come after someone... They, the, the people either have to take a stand and say, I believe this, I will live and die by it. And some have done that. Baronel Stutzman, the florist in Washington State, has done that. Jack Phillips, the baker in Colorado, has done that. They've said, hey, I need my business. I earn my living this way, but I will serve the Lord. Why are these things happening in our culture today? I think Paul touched on that in Second. Second Timothy chapter 3, this was the last letter that Paul wrote before he would give his life for the sake of the gospel. Paul wrote to a young Timothy, a pastor, but he wrote to all of us. Paul said this in chapter 3, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. From such people, turn away. In verse 7 he says, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. He talks about Janus and Jambres, how they resisted Moses 
And he said, so do these people in our times also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disappear, disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was in Moses' time. And then he says in verse 12, in verse 12 Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived goes on to say that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. To the degree that we abandon this kind of teaching, biblical teaching, to that degree we're going to see more of this nonsense where LGBTQ people are shutting down businesses because they will not embrace and celebrate that kind of a sexual relationship. And the reason they do it is not because they care that much, we care that much. It's because we believe the Bible and we're trying to live by it. We're not perfect. Evangelicals, believe me, are not perfect. At least I'm not. Maybe you are, but I'm not. But we're trying to, with God's grace and God's help and the power of God's Holy Spirit, walk each day in the truth of God's Word. And when we sin, we ask God to forgive us. There is another group of people here, and I know this isn't politically correct. I know it's just abrasive to people who want everybody to just kind of meld together and and God bless you all and we'll all see you each other in heaven and blah, blah, blah. But that isn't what the Bible says. And there's millions of us who believe that and we try to walk in that and we try to live out our lives that way. Yes, we fail. But that isn't what Chick-fil-A owners, have, the Kathy family, have done. They have miserably failed, and they've, in a conscious decision, they've taken the word of their new consulting firm. It's called Navigator. They're the largest LGBTQ advocate firm in Canada. And they are now telling the Kathy family what they should do to grow their business. Well... I've been wanting to say that for a long time. Thank you for listening. And to those who turned it off while I was saying that, they'll be back. They always come back. The ones that don't like what we're saying. It's interesting how they're attracted to our message. I found that as a pastor. There were people who who later told me they, honestly, they came to our church to hear me preach because they didn't like me. They got saved. I don't know if they liked me, but the important thing is they found Jesus as their personal savior. Jayapal was kind of shocking. I mean, really, she was making this. It's, she sounded like Patrick Henry or somebody at CNN yesterday. She was telling telling them how patriotic she is. In fact, she said this this uh, impeachment is about patriotism. And, I, you know, she, she said patriotism is at stake. Those are her words. It's amazing. Most of us don't view Jayapal as a profile of patriotism or her cohorts for that matter she said what we need from republicans at this point is that kind of character and patriotism to our country to our constitution and to our democracy if they don't give it to us then it will be upon democrats to preserve our republic our democracy and we will be up to the task but she said i hope there will be some republicans that remember what is at stake in this far beyond their re-elections and, and move beyond their re-elections of their party. 
and this even the CNN host was taken back. I didn't see it. I don't watch CNN, but I I, wa- I pay attention to what they're talking about on there. And I saw the video of this, and even the CNN host, I can't remember her name, but she said she said, well, there are some who are suggesting that the Democrats are rushing to impeachment. She clearly is on their side, but even she had to bring that up. She said, are, do you feel you're moving too fast? And Jay Powell responded, it's, and it's rooted in her and other far-left progressives' emotions, their hatred for Trump and the lingering sense of the loss of 2016 election. I mean, that's what came out. But by most accounts, there's a substantial concern among Democrat leaders that none of the current candidates are going to beat Trump in 2020. And that's what's, what's going on here. Powell went on and on and on about patriotism and loving the country and we've got to save our country and and. I mean, it, it's it, it was astounding to be honest with you. I mean, there's nothing that won't if it if they feel they can move their agenda forward. There's nothing that they won't say. NBC noticed this week that the Democrats are signing a, are beginning to sing a different tune on the re, on the campaign trail. And I wanted to leave you with this note. NBC notes that Democrat candidates are. I'm quoting NBC now, yesterday, talking about health care, tax policy, racial equality, but barely mentioning the biggest political story in Washington. That's a quote from NBC yesterday. When asked how the impeachment was going, Elizabeth Warren said she would like work to convince the Republican colleagues to vote to remove Trump. But, she said, the amount of money that wealthy donors contribute to get ambassadorships, and she went off on this Sunland guy, which, you know, but they, they changed the subject. Bernie Sanders was asked the same question by NBC yesterday. He said, right now, they said, what, is this impeachment thing going too fast? I mean, should you be pressing it this hard? He said, right now, 80 million people don't have health insurance. And he went off on health insurance and on and on and climate change and one thing or another. They asked Pete Buttigieg the same thing. He delivered a similar response. And last week, they were talking to Joe Biden about it, and Biden Biden said, said that impeachment, this is his words, impeachment is not the first and foremost thing among voters. What a confused and convoluted world we live in. These people are trying to trying to dismiss, to remove the President of the United States on the one hand, and on the other hand, they're running for office of the Presidency of the United States, and they won't talk about their efforts to remove the sitting President of the United States because they know the American public isn't behind this, and they're not. These are the days in which we live. I think this will all end up that Nancy Pelosi was pressured by Ocasio-Cortez and some of those folks, Jay Appel from Washington. I think she was pressured by them, and she was afraid she was going to lose power, so she had to move forward with this um, impeachment because she might have lost her power, and I think she would have eventually had she not done so, So she's rushing this, and I think the reason they're rushing through this so much is they know that they've got, they don't have an issue here, politically speaking, and they want to get it over with, take the vote. The Senate is not going to approve this impeachment. Trump will not be removed from office. The House probably will vote to impeach him. The Senate will not, because the Republicans are unified behind the president, and it's becoming more and more visible. So what's going to happen is they're going to try to get this over so they can put it aside and say, well, we did it, and then move on to the issues that they think are important to the people. Hey, I've run out of time today. Thank you so much for joining me today, and thanks for your support. We um, we can't be here without it. Our address is Box 
Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Thanks for your support. I'll see you right here tomorrow.